0: Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Okay, how many of you? I'm going to start this out with just a little question. How many of you have heard of something called Instagram? Have you guys, anybody, heard of that before? Somebody knows what Instagram is. Um, okay, so if you, if you, uh, I actually needed that. that. Was like some of you actually kind of did look at me, like like you weren't sure, so, so actually, how many of you actually have not heard of Instagram? I'm just curious. no shame. No. Okay, 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 nobody, okay, all right. Just, just wanted to check. So, so there's, this, there's this thing that happened, and, and actually remember, I'm really glad Tyler's in here because I remember, for whatever reason, I have this clear memory of the first time I ever heard about Instagram, and it was from Tyler Campo. Uh, we were in the lounge over there uh, for some sort of group or something, and um, and he's like, I don't know what year it is, maybe 2012 or something like that, right? Uh, and he's like, oh, you got to check this out, right? And he pulls out his phone. And he's like, look at this. There's, you know, I can take this picture. And then I can like put these filters on it, you know, and like look, I can change colors and stuff. And I'm, I'm just like, dude, whatever, you know, like another social media thing. That's this is gonna just blow over, whatever. Well, of course he was, he was, uh, he was right. I was wrong. Um, and Instagram is like, completely taken over social media. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but like, everybody uses like hashtags now, right? Hashtag this, hashtag that. That was, I think that was an Instagram thing, right? That didn't happen before Instagram. And, um, and so, you know, we've got this big cultural phenomenon that has occurred really kind of on the back of uh, Facebook, and, um, and now social media is just sort of like pervasive, right? And so, I wanted to start our morning just by looking at some stuff from, uh, from Instagram here, right? Some things that, that we see pop up, and, um, and maybe this will kind of put some things in context for our series, all right? So, Here's a here's a picture, a lovely picture. Uh, I guess this looks like maybe it's a Mediterranean, perhaps, right? Some some below. These are, by the way, these are these are real, you know, real Instagram posts from real people, uh, not marketing things, at least as far as I know. <laughs> um, looks like a lovely meal there. We've got a oh, see, so we got we got a, a a bowl of ramen that someone made. That looks like absolutely amazing, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna move on because otherwise we'll just all be hungry. Um, Here's, uh, this is some sort of, like, ruins, right? Ancient ruins of some sort. I'm not really sure where that is. Somebody probably knows better than me. Um, thank you. John, John is always good for information. Uh, so there we go. In Jordan. There we go. So, so we got someone traveling to a far-flung place that you've probably never been to, I'm pretty sure. Um, but they're, they're doing it. They're having fun. Um, and then, of course, you've got the... Uh, well, I guess this isn't exactly a beach picture. This is just more, you know... Uh, gorgeous house on, houses on stilts. What do we call that? I don't know. Uh, but you can actually see in there. There's an there's an infinity pool, right? Because when you're in tropical paradise, you still also need your own personal infinity pool <laughs> to to help you out, right? So, um, and then and then of course we'd be remiss if we didn't include the the classic sort of mountaintop experience. Uh, lovely. Lake there in the background, clouds, and and the dog as well, right? So, so you know, these are the sorts of things that um, that we all are are exposed to, and that and that we also many of us uh, perhaps post as well to Instagram, right? We kind of show these things uh, to the world. Um, So yeah, I mean, how many of you have Instagram on your phones right now and have checked it since I got up here to speak? Anybody? No, okay, all right, Um, don't answer that. but you know these are these are things that we put out there, and and I think one of the things that maybe we kind of all know is it's real obvious is that these types of photos are like they're not necessarily telling the whole story, right? This is this is sort of the um, you know the pinnacle, the thing that somebody really wanted you to see. Um, you know, anytime that we're doing that ourselves, like that's kind of that's kind of what you're doing, right? You're like, okay, this is this, this is this moment that I want to capture. And, um, and we sort of all know there might, be, there might be other stuff in there, there might be other things that are hidden and all that, but the other piece of it that is not shown in, um, in our social media and a lot of times really in, in all of our, our media exposure is really the process, right? Like, so even if that is authentic, even if all of those things, you know, are totally legitimate, you know, there's not, they're not hiding anything, those are real moments that were captured, that bowl of ramen, somebody really did make that, right? And it looks fantastic. What it doesn't tell you anything about is, well, how did it get there, right? Like, where, where did that all come from? And a lot of times, that, that missing piece of it uh, leaves us with really kind of a, a misconception of how things happen in the world, right? We just sort of see the best and we're sort of left with nothing else, no, no other explanation, right? Um, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to just kind of start with that because you know, we're, we're all swimming in that water, right? Um, we are all in that culture and, and the way that it affects our mindset is a lot of times um, it sneaks up on us, right? Um, I think, really, a couple of things is just that, one, uh, we, we kind of have a little bit of this instant gratification thing, right? Um, we want our, our lives and we want things to turn out exactly the way that we want, and we want that to happen right now, right? That's, that's one thing. Um, but the other thing, too, uh, is that when we, when we are exposed to all of these different things, um, we, we miss the fact that... Uh, there's process involved, right? There's all sorts of process involved, and we, uh, we, we oftentimes shun that, right? We just want things to get to the end. We just want things to get to the end. And, um, and so in this series, what we're gonna talk about, um, oh yeah, so, so these are all pictures I took from uh, hashtags such as uh, your best life, or my best life, or best life, right? So we called our series sort of in, in recognition of that. Um, We're calling this Getting to Your Hashtag Best Life, and and I think actually this series is, we we sort of played on the fact that it's social media, and it's kind of fun, it's kind of lighthearted, sort of in contrast to the fact that I actually think this series is going to be one of the most um, profound and, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, serious uh, series that we've done in a long time here. I think it actually has... Um, the potential, if we if we we're able to embrace the paradigm that we're looking at here, really has the potential to change change our lives in a lot of ways, change our outlooks, change how we think about things. Um, and you know, you might think like, okay, well, Caleb, you you know, you probably always think that uh, every series, right? I mean, do we don't we always say something like that? And um, and I I don't I think this is a little bit different. Just uh, you know, sometimes we've got things that we're seasons that we're talking about. Uh, where we're just sort of reminding ourselves of God's goodness. And, you know, I think the the beginning of this year, we started a series on Psalm 23, and we were just sort of like reminding ourselves of the fact that God loves us and that Jesus can lead us. He's a good shepherd. Um, And then in this last series that we were in, this series on the gospel with the poor, you know, we actually were really kind of upfront about we're, you know, we're not looking for a, a conclusion necessarily, right? We're looking to just sort of sit in the space of being with, uh, being with the Holy Spirit, having Him talk to us about uh, the poor and how we r- relate with the poor, how we see ourselves, what He wants for us in that, um, and that's been that's been incredible. That's been really, really incredible. I encourage you if you're if you're new here or if you haven't been engaged in that as much, I'd, I encourage you to go back and uh, engage with that series. Um, but it wasn't really like. We never, we never really thought of it as like, okay, this is like a complete thought. This is a complete unit. You can, you can take this home and, um, you know, and it will tell you exactly what to do, A, B, C. Like it just, it just wasn't that. It was for sitting in it. Um, but this is different. This is actually going to be a complete paradigm, right? A complete way of thinking about things over the next seven weeks um, that, again, I think if we are able to engage and absorb it, um, I think it's going to unlock a lot of things. And, you know, the funny thing is that there's actually really nothing particularly brand new about it necessarily. It's all stuff that is uh, just straight out of a very familiar timeline in Scripture. Um, but I think there's a lot of things in it that we, that we are going to learn in as we go along. Um, here, here's what kind of hooked me on this, okay? This is in Acts 2. This is the story of Pentecost. Um, and this is what we're going to be, you know, the series is going to run through Pentecost Sunday, and this is sort of the end. I'm sort of starting at the end um, so that we have a little bit of a taste of where, where it's heading, okay? And so hopefully this is familiar to you, or if you're new to church, this is a, this is a fantastic story. This is, um, is Acts two, act 2, starting in verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they, meaning all the, all the Christians, all the disciples, uh, after Jesus had ascended, uh, says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And, you know, and so the chapter goes on after this, and and the Apostle Peter gets up after this and and explains what's going on and gives, you know, maybe like the best sermon in all of history, right? And just gets up and just um, calls people to faith, and it's just this wild, amazing, amazing time, uh, especially for these disciples who had been walking with Jesus all this time. All of a sudden or at least that's what it seems like, right? We have the Holy Spirit coming, and they start to operate in this way that, um, you know, really, I mean, we, the, the church refers back to this all the time because this is, sort of like, this is sort of like the pinnacle, right? I mean, if you were able to capture this on your Instagram account, like every, I mean, if you can imagine Pentecost, like in, in social media world, right? Like everybody would have their phones out and be like, what is happening, right? They'd be taking pictures all over the place. Because this is, this, is, this is one of the most incredible things that has ever happened in the world, right? Um, but I said this, this captured me for this series in particular for a reason, right? And, and the reason is this. Well, a lot of times we think about this moment as like it just happened, right? Well, they're just hanging around, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came out of the blue, and all these amazing things happen. And, and they from this point on, these disciples, they start to live out what I think would be very accurate to say is their best life, right? They, they began to operate in the ways that God had intended them to, to operate all along, and they, were, they did amazing things, right? They started living that after this. But we kind of think of this as like, oh, it just sort of happened, right? And the truth is, that's not what happened. Um, Jesus had been preparing them for this, all along, all along, from the time that he entered the scene and that he picked them out, and and I think, and what we'll say, especially especially in the time from uh, Passover all the way through uh, to this time now, Jesus had been preparing them for what's happening here, right? Um, so it didn't just happen. And one of the things that I think is really cool is like, like you guys know, I mean, when we when we read the stories about the disciples, a lot of times they kind of come across like. <laughs> Not in the most positive light, right? Like, they, they're a little dense sometimes. They don't always get it. They, you know, they're kind of like doing different things that make you groan and cringe and all that, right? But, um, but here, it's like the, like the Holy Spirit comes, and it seems like they just know exactly what to do, right? They, they're able to actually flow right into what God is doing, um, as, as the Holy Spirit comes. And that, I, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but for me, when I stopped and thought about that, I was like, that's amazing. I mean, that's really amazing, right? I mean, we can kind of chalk that up to, oh, well, it's the Holy Spirit coming, but it's like, no, there was something that must have happened internally, right? Something about all that time that Jesus spent with them, all the things that they went through together, something about that, Made it so that when it came time for them to step into this new spirit that they received, that they were able to do that. Right? They were able to receive it, and they were able to live it out. Okay. And so that's what we're going to be going after in this series. And so this morning, I'm just going to I'm going to kind of just walk us through the overview. I'm going to I'm I'm not going to try to do too much. Hopefully, I'm just going to kind of walk us through the overview, um, and then and then give a couple arguments, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna actually try to dive into this ourselves a little bit um, personally with Jesus, so we'll we'll do that towards the end. Um, So yeah, so Jesus shows us how, and we're basically looking at the events from Passover to Pentecost, okay? So for those of you who like alliteration, that's, there there you go, now you can remember things better. From Passover to Pentecost, um, getting to your best life, okay? And so this is where, uh, this is where we start. We've got, this little, we've got this little squiggly line here. We can kind of think of this as a little bit of a timeline. Um, you know, no years or anything to put on there, but, but there's kind of a flow to this, okay? There's a little bit of a sequence to how things happen. And if we look at these events in Scripture, we can break them down into six roughly six points. It happens to work well with our series, so we're going to choose six. Um, and the first one is Passover. Um, you can also think about the, kind of the Garden of Gethsemane with that, and just this period where Jesus is sort of entering into the, in, into, uh, the week before, or the time period before he's going to be crucified, okay? And then you've got Good Friday, right, really representing his crucifixion and the time when he, he suffers the death, right, and, and the loss. And then there's Easter, which we got to celebrate last week. Did you guys have a good Easter, by the way? How was it? Was it all right? Okay. Um, I, I, love, I love Easter more and more. I wish it was sunnier last week, but we still got, we still got our like 35-degree egg hunt in, um, which is good. Uh, so we have Easter. We have a resurrection. We have new life, right? And then this interesting, happens, the interesting thing happens that we often neglect, okay? Jesus rises from the dead, but then um, there's 40 days, a period of 40 days, between when he rises from the dead and when he goes back up to heaven. This is like kind of a strange thing in a lot of ways, and we're going to spend some time reflecting on that. Um, And then Jesus ascends to heaven, which is another huge uh, pinnacle. And then finally, like I've just been saying, there's Pentecost, right? Okay, so there's this kind of just roughly these six things that happen. And what we're going to do is we're kind of just going to assign some things to it, okay? And the first thing is kind of this theme of trouble, okay? And this is what we'll talk about. I'll be back here next week uh, to talk about this. Trouble or pain, um, you could say suffering, right? It doesn't always necessarily feel like quote-unquote suffering, but certainly when you can identify that you're in a season of hardship, like that's kind of where we start things. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the other things about our, our sort of social media culture is that we also kind of also expect things to go well in our lives, right? I don't know if you, I don't know if you recognize in your, that in yourselves. I certainly do, right? I expect that when, um, you know, when I wake up in the morning that I'm going to feel great and that everything I've got going on in my day is going to go swimmingly, <laughs> and that when and when that doesn't happen, inevitably every single day, right, doesn't go quite according to plan. Um, I feel I feel disappointed by that. I feel sometimes quite upset by that, and I'll share a little bit more about that later. Um, but you know, the reality of our world and the fact that Jesus says in this world you will have trouble, right? That kind of flies in the face of a lot of what the, the cultural waters that we swim in. It's sort of the exact opposite. Um, but that's where we start. That's, that's, the, that's the place that we're in. And so we recognize that we have trouble and we have pain. Um, and then that kind of leads into the fact that we have loss, right? And sometimes you have a long period of hardship and then you end up having an actual loss that you can identify. Um, sometimes those things are more together. Um, but there's loss, there's death. But then, the good news is that there's new life, right? New life comes, and Jesus brings us into a new space where we can, uh, where we can recognize, oh, you know what? The old thing is now gone, and now there's a new thing that's upon us. Um, and, you know, as Christians, a lot of times we're good at uh, identifying some of that, like, old life and the new life. We kind of—we're we're, we're okay at that um, sometimes. Um, but there's sort of this interesting thing that happens the rest of the way here, Right? Because a lot of times we're actually in our new life, but we haven't totally recognized that we're in that new life. And, um, and we might be living it, but we haven't necessarily actually adjusted to it, right? And so there's this period of time where, where we begin to adjust. A lot of times that involves actually really grieving things that were in the old life, um, or just plain adjusting to what's happening. Actually, I think of my... Um, I, I felt like God pointed this out to me as I was... Uh, as I was managing my, uh, my allergies this morning. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, there's new life going on right now, right? Spring is here. There's like 80 mile an hour winds, it feels like, going on outside, uh, or at least yesterday there was. And so stuff is blowing around everywhere. So there's new life. But I have not, my body has not adjusted to that, right? I have not, uh, I have not acclimated myself to what is going on out there. Um, and so, you know, sometimes that's a similar thing, sometimes very on, on a much deeper level. We, we need periods of adjustment after new life. And then there's this thing that happens, right? Jesus ascends to heaven. And, um, and you know, you, you guys, David talks about this a lot. So hopefully if you've been part of this church, you're familiar with this. Like Jesus Jesus tells his disciples, it's actually better for me to not be here because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, right? Which is just, just crazy, right? Why would, he, why would he say that? I mean, isn't it better for Jesus to be here physically? But that's not what he says. And so he ascends to heaven. He goes to heaven and leaves them, right? He sort of forces them to let go of what they had in him before, And I think he says it very explicitly, and again, we'll sit in that in a a month, I guess, or so, um, in order to get us up to the last point here, which is so that they can receive the new spirit, right? They can live in a place of new life and new spirit together, and that is what lets them live out their best life, right? So... So this, is, uh, so this is kind of the overview. This is, this is the process. Some people have uh, historically called this the Paschal Mystery, which just means uh, Passover or passage, right? And this is actually super critical to our faith in a lot of ways. Um, and we don't, we don't always give it credit uh, necessarily. Uh, like I said, we, we actually, even in the church, even in the teachings of our church, depending on what kind of tradition uh, you might have been exposed to in the past, we have a tendency in the church to kind of either go to one side or another, uh, the one side being, you know what, you probably shouldn't expect God to do a whole lot in, in your life, right? You, you probably shouldn't expect there to be a lot of good things uh, that happen. You know, really what you should do is is kind of hunker down. You should read your Bible a whole bunch and, um, you know, and just hope that you don't screw up too much before Jesus comes again. And um, and so there's, there's, there's that kind of that line of reasoning that's it sort of gives into the disappointment that you know things just don't always happen that we want to happen, and so let's just stop expecting anything. And then on the other side of the fence, there's this uh, there's this line of thinking that says, well, you know what? God always wants, in every moment, that the kingdom should be coming, and you should be seeing God work in these spectacular ways. And you know they might not say it quite this way, always explicitly, but kind of hidden in that implication is if that's not happening to you, right, if you're not experiencing breakthrough and, um, you know, all sorts of powerful things and this sort of Pentecost every, you know, every day of your life and in every part of your life, then maybe there's something wrong with you or your faith, right, or how you're looking at it. Um, again, maybe that's not always explicit, but there's that kind of feeling like that's we should always, always be living in that, right? That there, that if you're suffering, like there's something wrong, something something strange has happened. That you just need, you just need more faith, or you need God to break in in a different way. And um, and you know, here in the vineyard, one of the things that I I really love about our theology is just that, you know what? We're gonna live. We're gonna live in this space, right? All of this space. And this is this is tension, right? There's a lot of tension in this line here. There's a lot of things that feel uncomfortable when you're going through them. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, you, certainly in the moment, that you, you wish you were in a different spot. Sometimes, sometimes honestly, even when you're experiencing new life, you don't, you don't feel like it's new, you know, and that's one of the things we'll, we'll point out later. Um, but yeah, certainly in the trouble and the loss, like, we want to avoid those things, right? We want to deny that they even exist. Um, but God meets us in those times, right? God meets us in those times. Jesus is with us in those times. He forms us. He transforms us. He gets us ready for a new spirit if we're willing to go through that process with Him, if we're willing to kind of have that paradigm shift. Um, And so that's the space that we want to live in. Um, Let me just do two uh, scriptures here to just, um, if you're not already convinced, to, to just to come with me and um, convince convince you, hopefully, to be on this journey, okay? Um, So this is just Jesus talking in John 12. Um, He says, uh, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So so these came to Philip, who was uh, from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus, and Jesus answered them. This is kind of right before... He starts to get into uh, the week of Passion or Holy Week here. He says, "Uh, "...the hour has come for the Son of Man," that's Jesus, "...to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also." If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Okay, so I, I could say a lot about this, but we're, we're running short here. I just want to point out um, just this middle part here, right? Truly, truly, I says this. is Jesus' words. He's, this is part of what he's preparing the disciples for. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit, right? He's telling them right after that about himself, First of all, right, that I've got to die. Jesus is telling them, I'm going to have to die. This thing that you don't want to happen, that is going to be very difficult for you, that has to happen because I'm going to end up bearing much fruit after that occurs, right? Um, Second passage out of Philippians 3, and this is, man, I I spent a lot of time in this passage just for myself this week. This is one of my favorites. Um, I'll, try to, I'll try to be short about it, but here's what the Apostle Paul says. So this is in retrospect, right? This was the first verse was Jesus looking ahead and kind of preparing everybody here. In retrospect, Paul is looking at his own life. He's looking at what Christ has done, and he says, uh, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, right? And this is the crazy part that he says. This is like, this takes... It's going to take us a long time, right? Our whole lives to really digest this. But he says this crazy thing. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings or fellowship of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Um, and Paul, you know, Paul in this, in this chapter when he talks about counting his losses, he actually he actually does that, like pretty specifically, right before this. I mean, he he calls out specific things that were part of who he is, part of his experience, uh, things that he had acquired uh, over his life, and he says, "You know what? Those things I've lost now. Why? Well, not just not just for the heck of it, but because of Christ. Because there's something ahead of me. There's a new life. There's a new spirit." that God has given me, and that's what makes this all worth it. But he has to count those things as losses in order to get there. Um, and the other thing that I just wanted to point out real quick is this interesting phrase. He says, so somehow, in verse 11 there, and so somehow, attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And so kind of as we go through this thing, I, that, that phrase just kind of stood out, the somehow part, Right? So, like I said, this is sometimes called the Paschal mystery, the mystery of how this all happens. So, so I've laid out this kind of process for you guys. Some of you are are, going to take that exactly the way it should be taken. Um, Some of the rest of you who might be a little bit more analytical like myself, um, when we get to what we're going to do next, which is kind of asking Jesus to point out some things where this might apply, you're going to start to... Like get really detailed about this. Okay, so you might you might pick something and and it might be like, okay, so what was the what what exactly was my point of loss and what exactly was the adjustment period and you know as we get into this more and more you might be um, you might be tempted to sort of try to really really like specifically categorize everything that you're thinking about, and so just again as a little bit of disclaimer if that's if that's your personality type and it is mine, um, you don't have to do that right. That's not that's not what this is about. This is about having just a general framework and a general way of thinking, so that somehow, right, it doesn't have to always exactly fit exactly uh, the way that it's laid out, but that somehow we would attain this new life and this new spirit that God gives us. And, and listen, it can be in all sorts of different areas of your life, right? Some of you uh, are gonna live this out on a really macro level, um, you know, like big, big picture things in your life flowing from one thing to the next. Some of you can think about this in really, really small, tiny little sections. Um, you know, our lives are layered, they're overlapping, right? I just had this picture of like, I mean, we just have all so many different things in our, in our lives that stack on top of each other and some things start and end and other things start and end. Um, so all of those things are, are up for grabs. Um, and so our our invitation this morning, and, and this is worship team, stay, stay in your seats. So this is still going to be a little bit of time here. Um, our invitation this morning is that we're gonna we're gonna do just this. We're gonna spend just a couple of minutes, and we're just gonna ask Jesus for um, to bring to mind something in our lives where, uh, like that, we could kind of workshop in a sense, right? Something uh, for the next uh, six, I guess six weeks now that. We would invite the Holy Spirit to bring in our minds so that we can sort of just turn it over in our minds and have him show us, okay, God, what do you want to do with this? How do you want to show me how to think differently um, so that we can get to the new spirit, okay? Um, and so, so that's, what, that's what we're going to be doing. But before we do that, I'll just give a little bit of um, what came to mind for me, okay? And hopefully I can do this quickly. Um, for, so for me, what came to mind is uh, my career, okay? So it's kind of like a mid-level thing to me, right? It's not the most important thing in my life and not the hardest thing in my life, but it's also no small thing. Um, my, but my career is something that, uh, you know, interestingly is like, I would say my job is like so good in so many ways. I mean, it, it is crystal clear to me that it is something that God has blessed me with and it, it just fits my life so well in so many different ways. But despite the fact that that's true, right, it's true that it is a gift from God and that it, it is, I mean, it's, it's great in so many ways. It turns out that um, I've noticed, uh, especially over the last couple months here, I've had a lot of frustration. I've had a lot of frustration in my work. Um, a lot of things have just kind of like rubbed me really, really wrong and kind of, I don't know, just grated at me. Uh, you know, a lot of it I could point at to say it's like rational, like, oh, yeah, because of this and that. But a lot of other things, I'm like, man, it sure feels like I'm kind of maybe overreacting a little bit, or like, why can't I, why can't I let go of these certain, you know, behaviors I see from people, and um, what's going on there, right? And so, so I took this to to Jesus, and um, and have begun to kind of think through this process of of you know, Passover to Pentecost, and looking at okay, well, what are the areas that this would apply to, and. and I'll just share—I'll just share one part of it. Okay? There's a lot. There's a lot of layers to it, but just one part of it is that you know I went into—I've been at the same company and essentially roughly the same role for about like 13 years. And at the beginning of it, I was—you know—I was dropped into this team. It was a growing team. It was. Um, uh, we were doing, we were making lots of money, we were doing lots of cool things, I was part of this group that I really liked, you know, people I was surrounding with, and there was this just really strong kind of upward trajectory to, uh, to, my, to my career path. Um, I, was, uh, I was often proud uh, in, in a not so good way of myself of being the youngest this or that uh, going, going through school and, and then in my career. And you know, I just had this feeling like, okay, you know, I've got, I've got momentum behind me, and we're doing fun things. It was, it was stressful, but it was fun. It was really good. Um, and then this thing happened around 20, I guess 2014, 2015, and that is, you know, we, 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 I'm in the commodity energy commodity market, and we had this huge downturn in in everything, and all of a sudden, everything changed and this upward trajectory that I was on just kind of got worse and, you know, less upward, less upward, (laughs) less upward, until really like, you know, maybe you could say plateau, maybe you could say even going downhill, right? And here, again, here's the thing. Where I'm at today is actually fantastic. Like, this is exactly what I need. It's, I, I would not If you offered me the trajectory that I was on before, if you said, okay, this was was that position, and you you offered that to me right now and said, would you take that now? I would say, absolutely not, okay? No way would I take that. Um, So it's not an issue of me not being in a place where I want to be. I'm actually pretty much where I wanna be in a lot of ways. But the issue is that I, I was kind of expecting all along this time, I was expecting to be gaining, really what it is is power. Right? I was expecting to be gaining more and more authority, more and more power within this corporate structure and you know, in the eyes of my, my industry and my colleagues and all that. And that has not happened. That has not happened. And, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm sort of just in the middle of processing this myself, right? But, but I suspect what's happening in there that Jesus is showing me is that, you know, that's something that you need to probably recognize, right? You need to call that out for what it is you probably need to look at that as a true loss, right? There's a, um, you know, again, even though you have something better already, you have a new life in a lot of ways, you need to recognize that as being a death of sorts. And you need to be able to grieve that, you need to be able to receive what I have for you to really be able to live out where you're at today, right?